Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Um, when I was driving to the ballpark, I found out that Pete Alonso was in the lineup. And I was stunned because I think all of us just assumed, okay, you know, Pete's on the IL. Uh, maybe it's another couple of days. Maybe it's another week. But to see him come back activated off the injured list right in the starting lineup was a shot in the arm. It felt good. He didn't back it up. He had a rough day at the plate. I'd say slightly rough day defensively because I thought on the Escobar error, Alonzo had a chance to make a nifty play where he catches the high throw and keeps his foot on the bag. Not an easy play. It's a tough play. But it was not a great day by Pete. He was 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. But... Great to have him back. I mean, the fact that he only ended up missing, I think it was eight games. He was on the injured list for one day after the minimum. Like, I think his first day for activation actually would have been yesterday or Saturday, depending on when you're listening. So getting Pete back was great. Tommy Pham continues to be awesome. I have no complaints with Buck running him out there every day. I know he's a veteran, but he's hitting. He deserves to be out there. He hits the ball hard every time. He hit that big two-run home run. Uh, Brett Beatty not playing is starting to get a little bit annoying because a couple of things about Beatty and Beatty mostly plays. So when we talk about the lineup and yeah, we'll get the Volga back in a second, but Brett Beatty has been as good against lefties, if not slightly better than he's been against righties. So I don't think you have to look at a matchup like Matthew Liberator and say, I can't play Brett Beatty. I get that you want to play Escobar. I think the simple solution to that sometimes is, is Escobar plays second, McNeil plays the outfield. And then you're sitting probably Marcana. I'd say DH, but right now Tommy Pham should DH. I got no complaint with that. But Brett Beatty, especially because he's been reasonably hot over the last couple of days, him not being in the lineup actually bothered me more on Sunday than it has in other games he's missed. Remember, he sat one of the games against Pittsburgh. He sat one of the games against Toronto a couple weeks ago. Sat one of the games against Philadelphia. And for the most part, I've understood it. For whatever reason, this one on Sunday bothered me because he's hot. Like, I go back to Friday's game. He bailed out Lindor. On Friday night, the Mets had the bases loaded and nobody out in the bottom of the first inning. And Lindor hit into the worst double play you can hit into, obviously, a 1-2-3 double play. And the Mets had a chance to really have that first inning be a kick to the stomach. Bases loaded, nobody out. Your four, five, six hitters are coming up, and you can't score. And Beatty bailed Lindor out with that huge two-run hit. 
And he got on base three times that night. And he's been relatively productive. So I see that lineup. And the first thing that jumps out at me is, eh, Beatty, we got to sit him again. Do we have to? Tommy Pham playing fine. I want Beatty out there as often as humanly possible. I see Alonzo's activated. Not surprised. They send down Mark Vientos. The New York Mets have managed Mark Vientos since his recall a few weeks ago as if they want him to fail. They do. That's the way they've managed him. We went through this a week ago. A great email was sent in breaking down Vientos gets two hits. He sets. Vientos does this. He sets. I'll give this one to you because it was funny when I said it to my dad, not realizing it would be the truth. Game two of the Subway Series, Mark Vientos starts against Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is, for my money, top five. I mean, he's the top five pitcher in baseball. Maybe he's the best pitcher in baseball. You want to argue it's uh, McClanahan? Great. Framber Valdez? Fine. Shohei Otani? Whatever. Garrett Cole's an elite-level starting pitcher. Garrett Cole was dominating the Mets for the first four innings. Started to look a little human in the fifth and sixth. Mark Vientos, in the sixth inning, hit a ball 112 miles per hour off of Garrett Cole for a single right up the middle. They call that exit velo, by the way, if you haven't heard that that term. Mark Vientos singles against Garrett Cole. I turn to my dad and I say, well, there you go. He'll sit the next three games. Well, here's what happened. Mark Vientos would sit on Friday, so I was right. He would sit on Saturday, I was right. And then on Sunday, they would send his ass to triple A. Here's the truth, though. If they're going to manage him like this, he should be in triple A because they don't play him. And Buck Showalter, with his, uh, and his sense of humor is just not funny. I think we'd all have to admit it. Maybe last year we chuckled. Now it's just obnoxious. And, and maybe he wasn't joking when he said this. He said, quote, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. Billy Martin told me a long time ago, you can't mess up the good ones. But Buck Showalter will sure as hell try. Because he's done everything to try to mess up Mark Fientos. And that's, for anyone out there that still wants Buck fired. I say still. There's more of you today than there was three days ago. Your argument talking about his handling of Vientos is probably exhibit A because there's no defense of it. You know, when there are managerial moves, bullpen usage, like we talked about earlier, we can do it with every manager in baseball. So it's tough to fire a manager when you're talking about individual moves. There are other things that kind of lead you there. I've talked about losing a locker room. I don't know where this locker room is, Oh, they keep battling. They just lost two out of three at home to St. Louis. But your handling of Mark Vientos was a fireable offense. And it's not Billy Epler. It's not coming down from the heavens. It's the manager. I'll make this very, very clear. It's the manager who makes the lineup. And the handling of Mark Vientos since his recall has been an absolute travesty. So he's going to go to AAA. How did he do in his first game in AAA? Does anybody know? I should look it up. I should see how he did. I wonder how Mark Vientos did in his first day at AAA. Oh, cool. I've got the box score right in front of me. 
Let me see what we got here. Mark Vientos. Ah, crap. He hasn't played yet. <laughs> I thought I had something big. Can but when he a- does play, he's going to go five for five. Can you do me a favor? <laughs> Can you check out uh, Mauricio? Oh, see how he did today? I, it sucks because I don't believe Mark Vientos has been sent down because he failed. And you could look at the numbers and say, but Evan, you know, he hit 185, whatever the numbers were. I, I get that. Like, he didn't dominate with his opportunity. I just think he was given, like, this weird, tough-to-succeed opportunity. When you do something well, when you hit a game-tying home run in your first game up, to not be in the lineup the next day cannot help you. Now, there are guys who get called up. I remember when Mike Jacobs was called up. Mike Jacobs, years ago, was called up, and he hit a home run in his first game, and he was supposed to go right back down. Then he hit another home run, and then Pedro Martinez said, you can't send this guy down. Mike Jacobs forced the issue, and he deserves credit for that. I'm not arguing that Mark Vientos forced the issue. He didn't. He had some moments, but you need opportunity as a young player, and he never got it. And I think Buck Showalter, when he says, oh, don't worry, he'll be back, I'm not sure of that. Because barring injuries, there's no guarantee he's going to come back. There's no guarantee if he does come back, he's ever going to get that full opportunity so we can find out what he is. Brett Beatty and Francisco Alvarez are now getting the full opportunity. I may complain about Beatty not being in the lineup on Sunday. We may complain about Alvarez should have played on Friday. And, And all that is fair, but they're playing and they're getting a full opportunity for the most part. Mark Vientos never got that. And now he's back in AAA. As far as Vogelback is concerned, they gave him a mental break, whatever. They let him work on his mechanics, whatever. He comes back on Friday and hits a home run. Okay, cool. Mets were up five to one. I don't want to take anything away from the home run because they were up five to one. He pimp slapped it like it was a game winner. And good for him. He's letting out emotion. The man has struggled. I mean, he did celebrate like it was, you know, I just tied the game in the bottom of the eighth. Now you're up five to one, but good for him. <laughs> I mean, it good for him. He had a home run and yeah, he's looked better. But why was Daniel Vogelback? Why has Daniel Vogelback been given every opportunity to make it work? And yet Mark Vientos hits a ball 112 miles an hour over Garrett Cole's head, and he has to sit the next two days and get, and get option. It just felt so unfair. And why? Because Daniel Vogelback makes a million and a half because Daniel Vogelback has the reputation that he has, which was as a solid guy who mashes righties, I admit that. But every single opportunity to get back on the horse and Mark Vientos, they couldn't wait to just send down. Couldn't wait to just move on from him. So I let out the frustrations on that. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. As far as game two is concerned, I honestly, just watching that from the dugout of the uh, softball game, all I know is that Nimmo hits the first pitch home run. I'm in the car. I'm feeling good. Sanga gives it back and struggles in that second and third inning, puts them in a hole at four to one, and the offense just can't climb out of it. They had a few opportunities, specifically that chance in the seventh with first and third, and McNeil hits the ball right back up the middle. The Cardinals are positioned perfectly, and they come up short. The Friday game was the feel-good game. The Friday game was the, hey, wait a second, Tyler McGill looks tremendous game. And I'll tell you a funny story about that Friday. So Friday night, which... I think it's most Friday nights for me. I started the game way late on DVR. Way, way late on DVR. I have that tidbit that the Mets gave us, season ticket holders. I explained this a few episodes ago, many episodes ago. It's like a cute little scoreboard they gave you. And you could put the weather up there, baseball scores, whatnot. So my tidbit is in my kitchen, and it has the Mets score. So I unplug it because I know I'm DVRing the game on Friday night. I don't want the Mets score up there. So I'm hanging out Friday with my wife, a couple of her friends. Jed is there. My youngest son, Spence, is crying. He's sort of there. And all of a sudden, Jet comes up to me and says, do you know the Mets score? And I said, no, you know I'm DVRing the game. And he said, well, I do. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Because he plugged in this stupid tidbit that I unplugged and saw the score. So now I, I sort of freak out on my son. Don't say, Jet, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Like, I've perfected the DVR game. What I've not perfected is the six-year-old plugging in the tidbit to see the score of the Met game and then taunt Dad about how he knows the score. At that point, what a clutch move by Abuela. Abuela says, Jet, why don't you come downstairs? Let's play a game. Jet's gone. Like, he's taken away from the scene of the crime. So either way, enjoy the rest of the night. It's 11 o'clock, some, somewhere around there. I sit down and watch the game. And my wife gets a text message from my mom. And I said, oh, what, what, why'd my mom text you? My wife's like, oh, I, you know, I, I can't talk about it. Very, very quickly, ah, I can't talk about it. Now, logically, you would think, well, maybe it's because my birthday is coming up. Makes sense. I'm turning 40. My mom, my wife, maybe they're planning something. But Pete, that's not where my brain goes. My brain now goes to, why would my mom text my wife? And then my wife say, I can't talk about it. It's Mets related. Then I'm thinking, but my mom doesn't care about baseball. And neither does my wife. And I realize there's only one thing that would cause my mom to text my wife. And that would be, you may want to get your camera out. Mets are pitching a perfect game tonight. So I'm like, holy crap. Tyler McGill? Really? I know he was a part of the combined no-hitter. So I start this game, Pete, thinking the Mets may pitch a perfect game tonight. Now, if you recall, one, two, three, first inning. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap. One, two, three, second inning. Six up, six down. Now my wife's like kind of sleeping. I'm like, well, should I wake her up? 
He gives up that single to De Young with one out in the third inning. And now my stomach drops. Like, okay. So it's not a perfect game. And then it started to hit me. It has nothing to do with the Mets, you dipshit. I'm talking to myself that way. Like, what do you, why would you think that that secret text message is about that? It ain't about the freaking Mets. It's about some dopey gift that probably get me for my 40th birthday. So, yeah, I watched the first two innings, Pete, thinking that uh, Tyler McGill was going to throw a perfect game. Well, you were the only one who thought that because I, I, I we knew the the ball was going. We knew that was going to end very soon. I guess if he took it to the fourth or fifth, then I'd really have gotten nervous. But he did yeah. take it to the third, which is f- much further than normal. You know, I used to do the Howie Rose thing where it was like every game you would anticipate, like when the first hit was, like, oh, there goes the there goes the no hitter, there goes the perfect game, and I don't have to do that anymore because we have two of them in the books, but. With this team, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to have – what's the furthest we've gone with a no-hitter so far this season? Oh, my Do you God. Know? <laughs> it, it, what might be three, it might be three innings. It might be three innings. <laughs> You're right. You're right. And even a no-hitter a perfect game ain't saving us. Like I don't even think that would cause us to think differently about the season. But it was a good win Friday. I, I did enjoy that because it was a quick game. It was a two-hour game. So when I'm sitting there at 11 o'clock watching it on DVR, it flies even quicker. I mentioned the sequence that I thought was really important when Lindor bounces into the one-two-three double play. Here's the booze from the crowd. Beatty picks him up with the two-run double. Tommy Pham, who's been awesome. Let's hand it to him. He's, you know, of all the Mets that have had disappointing seasons, which is just the entire roster, Tommy Pham has probably been the guy, like the happy story of 2023. So can I just say something? One thing that you and I talked about in the previews of the season was the DH and the catching situation has to get better. Right. And it actually has. Those are the two parts of the team that has gotten better. Like if we talk about Tommy Pham, most of the time that that's he qualifies as that like extra bat that we were missing. I mean, Francisco Alvarez has what, 12 home runs? Yeah, they've yeah. they've blown past what the DH and catcher production was all last year. Everyone else sucks. Yeah, I I was thinking about this uh, as I was watching the Mets lose on Sunday. Why do they suck? Like a very simple diagnosis to 101 wins to five games under 500. Why? And obviously, there, there's a million reasons that we could go through, and the podcast would take five hours. But I want to simplify it because you're right. The production at catcher has been far better than it was a year ago. The production at DH, I have to look closer at. I mean, they've got nothing from Daniel Vogelback when he's played. Tommy Pham has been really productive recently. Some days he's DH, some days he's played left field. I like to consider him, though, a DH because his at-bats are usually coming at that expense. And, and yeah, Jeff McNeil has taken a huge step backwards. Starling Marte has taken a huge step backwards. Francisco Lindor has taken a huge step backwards. Alonzo still leads the world in home runs, but his season has not been overall as good as it was a year ago. But overall, it's not that. Like, if I had to really die, it's not that. Because the Mets are scoring about four and a half runs a game. And while I'm not trying to tell you that's amazing, because it's not, but what it is is it's average. Like, that's a, it's a very average figure. In fact, right now in Major League Baseball, if you take all 30 teams and you say, How many runs are being scored per game? Like, what is the average, average amount? It's 4.55 runs. The Mets are slightly below that. But they're right there. They're an average offensive team. 
They've got some really good days. They've got some really bad days. They suck because they don't pitch. And, and yeah, there are days where they pitch and they don't hit and they lose. That's just being a bad team. But that's the difference. Carlos Carrasco last year was good. This year, he has a 680 ERA. Last year, Max Scherzer, when he pitched, was good. This year, he's been mostly down. He's had some good moments, but he's mostly been down. When you look at what Chris Bassett and Taiwan Walker did for the team last year, and then compare it to their replacements, Kodai Senga's been okay, hasn't been as good as what Chris Bassett was last year. It's reasonably close. And then there's a huge drop-off with the fifth guy, because the guy who was supposed to replace Taiwan Walker is Jose Quintana. He hasn't picked up a ball, so now you're looking at Tyler McGill. And despite what he did Friday, there's been a huge drop-off. Then you throw in the bullpen, which has not been nearly as good, and it's the pitching. Like That's the reason why they've had this massive turnaround from really good to really bad. But So let me ask you a question, though. Is it last year's team was bad, but they played really good baseball? Or this year, they're good. They're just playing really bad baseball. Oh no, they're not. They're not as good. You've got guys having worse years. You know, Starling Marte last year was an all star. He was an all star caliber player. This year, he's a bad player. Jeff McNeil won a batting title this last year. This year, he's hitting the softest two seventy five in Major League Baseball. It, it, so it's, <laughs> dude, when you go from one hundred and one wins. To a team with a 460 win percentage, it's never going to just be one thing. That's why, yeah, it's not just the pitching. I just think it's the main culprit, but there's been a million things. Buck isn't managing as well. The team's finding ways to lose. Their defense isn't as good. Like, I mean, you add it all up. You add it all up, and here's where we are. 